Hey everybody, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles and thank you to Seminole Boosters for their support of this program and more than that, their support of Florida State student-athletes. If you're listening to this show and you're not a booster, what are you doing? Support the program and the student-athletes you care about. All the information you need is online at boosters.fsu.edu. Your gift makes an impact. It supports scholarships and sports medicine, strength and conditioning, nutrition, equipment. Buy tickets, show the student-athletes you care. All the info you need, boosters.fsu.edu. And all the info you need this week, well, here's Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones back with you. Welcome to Front Row Knowles. Keith, I'm not going to lie. I I feel rested, relaxed. I got a little more film study in, caught up on some academic work, did some chores. I think the bye week was good. Hopefully that can be said for a number of FSU football players and not exactly. just the sideline announcer. Exactly. Uh, no, and truth be told, none of that is accurate, except that I enjoyed a, a longer weekend. Granted, I was watching some travel soccer, but still, I was I was not obligated to FSU football for a Saturday, and it was okay. I, I kind of like the two bye week schedule. If you're not aware of that, we've discussed that ad nauseum. But uh, it was all in all a good a good weekend. We call that the block schedule, if I remember correctly. We do. It's been going on for about ten years now. We do. What about you? Do you even remember that it was a bye week and that FSU didn't play, or are you? Uh, uh, I'm old, but I'm not that old, Tommy. I'm old, okay. but I'm not that old. So bringing it to Florida State, no bye week in the history of college football at any program has ever come at a bad time. So I'm going to suspect, and we're going to agree that this was a good time. But how good do you think? What do you think Florida State can can get out of it? How will they benefit as we move forward? Well, certainly, if you lose three in a row, row, you want to get back on the field and try to rectify that. So from the standpoint of the team and from the physical part, maybe it wasn't a good time if you take that narrow approach. But the season has been long, and the season has worn on these guys. And you've got some guys like Lovett and some others, um, Trey, that, uh, you, Trey Sean, that you would like to get back. And so from that standpoint, the physical being off for a week is good. But more importantly, particularly when you get into October and November, the mental aspect of it, uh, you know, if you've not played that game at any level, whether high school or college, certainly in the pros, you know, you, you play five or six games in a row or whatever it was, you're ready for a break and then you catch your breath mentally and then you refocus for these in Florida State's case, these next five games. We're just getting started on Front Row Knowles. Kurt Weiler from the uh, Osceola will join us in our next segment, and we'll dive deeper into football. Keith, I watched one quarter of the Georgia Tech-Virginia game last Thursday, and there's no beating around the bush here. Georgia Tech, with their backup quarterback, was abysmal. Did you watch any of that? It was. I watched it was, some of it, I did, and I would agree. Um, the, the downside of that is they've got nothing to, to, to lose and so the Yellow Jackets are going to come in here, you know, ready to play, wide open. You know, Florida State is going to have to be on their P's and Q's, but it should be a game that Florida State gets a lead early and can maintain it. We'll just have to I, see if that happens. I'm not sure how Norvell has challenged his team this week, 
but I'm hoping that this is akin to the Boston College game where he was wanting 60 minutes. He wanted dominate, dominate, dominate. That's what everybody said that week. And they went out and Boston College might as well, as we talked about, have gone back to the airport in the middle of the first quarter and flown back to Chestnut Hill. That's how dominant Florida State was that night. I would love to see a repeat of that and Georgia Tech uh, basically being done before halftime. Well, certainly FSU has had the opportunity to play some younger players because they've had to. You'd much rather be in a situation where you're up with a comfortable score, you know, after maybe the first drive of the third quarter and you start getting these young kids some additional playing time, not because they have to, but because you have the luxury of doing that. Do you think that we now have an identity of this FSU team after we saw Florida State run the ball the way they did against Clemson? In other words, if you can run like that against Clemson, we don't need to necessarily come out throwing to set up the run. We're going to line up and we're going to run the football and then we'll throw off of the run. There's a there's certainly a case to be made for that because FSU, when they have not run the ball well, it's because they didn't call running plays. Now, I'm not being critical about the play calling. I'm just saying when they've run, they've run well. It's when they've abandoned the run that they've had some difficulty on the offensive side, in my opinion. Save for the second half at NC State, I guess, where it seemed like they were running the same play and the Wolfpack had an answer. But it just feels like if that mentality is that you can physically whip Clemson, then why not go out there and physically whip everybody else you see? Because nobody else's DL is going to be as good as Clemson's. Certainly wouldn't think so. Certainly wouldn't think so. We'll see. We'll see what the plan is. We'll um, see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a formula that I could support. Let's just put it that way. No question. All right. As I mentioned, uh, Kurt Weiler will join us. We'll also, we're going to deviate a little bit from the norm. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, local soccer with an old buddy of ours. Uh, and it's a story that you might be familiar with. I won't let the cat out of the bag right now, but that's coming up a little bit later on in the program. There's also a college football angle there. So uh, if you're trying to figure out how those intersect, well, you got to wait 10 or 15 minutes and we'll get to that. But we'll take a break right now. We'll come back with our Osceola Insider. Stay tuned. We are just getting cranked up on Front Row Knowles. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank, Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Fall is in the air. Football season's here, and your best deals are still at Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Whether you're tailgating at the game or taking a trip, we got what you need. With new vehicles rolling in daily and the best used car inventory in North Florida and South Georgia, it's a great time to buy. Looking for a truck? How about the RST or the Trailblazer, LTZ, High Country, or the ZR2? We've always got the right truck for you. So whether it's sales or service, come by and see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Buy and service your Chevrolet the Hobson way. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. We open up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. 
And we welcome our uh, Osceola insider, Kurt Weiler, who is with us. Uh, Kurt is rested just like we were. He had a big bye week. He slept late, didn't have to spend 10 hours at the stadium, didn't have to worry about filing on deadline uh, in the middle of the night. So, uh, Kurt, I know you appreciated that. First question here, the spread comes out in Florida State, huge favorites over Georgia Tech. Did the size of the spread, which I think opened just below three touchdowns and is now over three touchdowns, did that surprise you? entirely I think I was talking to somebody Saturday and saying I thought it might be around 14 so I mean I thought it would be a pretty sizable spread I I I think that it's grown as quickly as it has I mean we'll see time will tell Georgia Tech's not exactly being forthcoming nor would you expect them to be it it to me says I I am not sure Jeff Sims is going to be available for this game and that because Vegas always seems to know these things yeah they have a way of they have a way of uh, just intuitively uh, measuring that uh, it'll be the first time in a long time. I mean, a long time that Florida State's played with a 20-point uh, spread, if you will. How do you think the kids will react? I guess I would have thought the Boston College game was. It'll be interesting. I mean, I I, I wonder. I mean, obviously, I think the bye week was good for them for a mental reset, from a physical reset. But I think it will be a test for them because I think you look at this, honestly, whether Jeff Sims plays or not, you have a big advantage. This is not entirely at all, really, a situation like, two years ago when, when Georgia Tech came here and when there are plenty of questions about Florida State as well. I think uh, even in those three losses to three-ranked teams, there was a lot to feel good about. Not winning any of them obviously hurt, but being right in all of them, I would say it was promising. It was more encouraging of, of things progressing in a promising manner. But, yeah, this will be a, this will be a test for them. I mean, a lot of these next few will because you look at them, they're probably going to be favored in four of the next five. Unless things really go off the deep end in the first couple, that might change the back end. But now I'd probably have them favored in every game except for that trip to Syracuse. So uh, they'll be dealing with some expectations, and we'll we'll see how that goes for them. I, I feel like they can't worry about that, though. I mean, Norvell preaches this. It's about us. It's not about them. I know everybody in the media is playing the, oh, they need to go 4-1, and 5-0 and game. I mean, honestly, they just need to play well against Georgia Tech. That's very cliche, but I really feel like that's as simple as that sounds. That's what they need to do. He's got you indoctrinated into his into his belief system, huh, Tom? Well, do you, well, let me ask you this: Do you think that that Jordan and the OL sit around at night and go twenty one? Well, we're gonna we're gonna beat Georgia Tech for sure, and then Miami's back quarterback is out. So, and Syracuse. Yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, they were okay, but now they're going to start losing. So, yeah, five and zero oh it is. I don't. I don't. I mean, you, you almost wonder, I mean, you wonder if they watched that Georgia Tech Virginia game with the bye week. And I mean, you wonder, you would hope they wouldn't have almost paid too much attention to it. Cause I mean, Georgia Tech looked pretty uh, dreadful, especially when Jeffsons went down. I mean, their only touchdown was a defensive touchdown, but there are some aspects to that team where if you let them hang around, I think, I think it's a game where like the Boston college game, you want to come out and make a statement early. Cause I don't think they're worried about that, but I don't think it's also a game where you want to, let Georgia Tech hang around and gain confidence. We saw what they did in games, what, against Pitt and Duke recently after the coaching change when when that kind of happened for them. The, the the stability of the coaching staff at Georgia Tech, I think, causes all of us a little bit of pause. Um, I, I'm not sure what effect that has. I can only imagine it's negative. But yet, as you mentioned, immediately after that coaching change, this is a Tech team that, that looked pretty good for a couple of weeks. Which one's going to show up? We don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I wonder. It's a good question. I think some of that hinges on, I mean, not to totally discredit what I saw from the back of quarterback Zach Gibson. I think a lot of that hinges on whether Jeff Sims is, uh, is available or not, because, I mean, it was not an especially uh, 
inspiring performance by by Zach Gibson. And I know I think Brent Key mentioned they might play their true freshman, Zach Pion or Pilot something this this weekend as well. So uh yeah, I don't it, it begs the question. But like you said, I mean that defense forces a lot of turnovers. They're the defense, I think, is maybe even a bit undervalued relative to you look at the team and you think they're not going to have that good a defense. I think the defense is better than probably than the offense deserves is maybe a way of looking at it. So it does beg the question. Florida State and Georgia Tech, a, a 12 noon game, and then Miami comes up. That's announced as a night game. I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Do we think that any of the uh, the, the injured have healed up? Uh, everybody's everybody's hurting at this point, but it, I mean, it it can't hurt the team to take a week off, I would think, in terms of bumps and bruises. No, definitely. I think you look at the the bigger guys, the guys who've missed some time, the the Treshawn Wards, the the Fabian Lovitz, and I think it was helpful for them. And and I think it's possible Fabian Lovitz back this weekend. He's kind of did did mostly individual stuff this week, and I know Mike Norvell was hopeful he was going to be able to ramp up and do more team stuff as this week went on. I imagine he might be on a a rep count, but I mean, given the spread, like we said, ideally you don't need him to play sixty snaps. It shouldn't be that game. If it is, you might have bigger problems. Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, guys like him, I think Winston Wright's been getting a little closer. He's been doing more and more, and he's an interesting one to keep on in on when he can make it back. And I think the bigger thing is, too, especially some key guys on defense, I think, have been playing at less than 100%. I think and some of that is going to happen as the season goes on. That's just especially if you're playing in the trenches or if you're playing linebacker, kind of those positions that take a lot of contact on a play-in, play-out basis. But I think guys like Tatum Bethune, guys like Jared Verse have benefited from the bye week and maybe being closer to that that kind of their full form going into this final stretch. What do you what do you think the the mental state from a just a looking down the road of this team is? I mean, they lose three in a row. They're all ranked teams. They're all close. What, 18 points over three games. But they're losses. And we need to understand this is still a young team. It's not a veteran team. They have some transfers that have some experience. But I just think it's going to be interesting to see their energy, their uh, uh, running around, flying to the ball with this, with this week off. I'm going to be curious to see how they respond from the, the non-technical standpoint. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I think uh, I think we'll learn quickly, too. I think, I mean, we saw the the quick statement against Boston College with the kick return, with the quick 14-0 start, with the by, – by midway through the first quarter, it was pretty clear what kind of game it was going to be. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of similarly come out like that or if – I mean, it, it, I think really just about every response this season has been encouraging from the team. I mean, even in the games where they got themselves in holes against your Wake Forests, against your Clemson's I think they've responded well and the fight has been there so I don't I haven't seen much that makes me worried but I am interested to see I mean having kind of two weeks to uh move past that where they're at mentally I agree on the flip side Keith since you want to harp on the three losses in a row all of a sudden that LSU win is looking better and better and the narrative could be well LSU has found its sea legs now that Brian Kelly's been there a few games but I mean honestly LSU is uh, an upset win over Alabama away from winning the SEC West this year, really. That that seems pretty remarkable. And this FSU team beat that LSU team. So, I, and big part of that, to be fair, is Fabian Lovett was healthy in that game until the end. And Jared Verse was healthy in that game. So I guess what I'm saying is if you get some semblance of that FSU team, maybe you feel really good down the stretch. Sure. I mean, I think, like you said, there was a bit of, I think it's fair to say LSU's offense not entirely clicking yet, 
But you look at two, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to speak for y'all. I have not been blown away by FSU secondary play this season, but FSU secondary in that game played exceptionally. I wonder if you could get Duke Cooper close to 100%. I know he's kind of been playing through some stuff, and maybe this by he's another guy that by week could have been big for. And like you said, getting Fabian back, I think, is a big deal. I wonder, I, they wouldn't have won all three of those games in that stretch, but I wonder in that three-game losing streak, they win it, I would say, at least the NC State game and maybe one of the other two as well, if they have Fabian available. So I do wonder how much of a difference that can make. Because, yeah, when we saw this defense, I, 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 you're yes, they have, as you said, found their sea legs, LSU has. But I, they were still an exceptionally talented offense that Florida State really, really did a good job against, or really an exceptional job for three quarters. Yeah. Bert, what's the conversation amongst you guys that are there every day on the topic that, and Tommy and I talked about this in the first segment for just a second. When they've called running plays, Florida State has run the ball well. When they haven't called running plays, they haven't performed well. What's your internal take, and what 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 do the the people that are there every day say about that? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's funny. I think the 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 one game you look at, and I think some fans kind of went the opposite way of that. Of I think they, some people were frustrated with kind of him falling in love with the first down runs against NC state and kind of attributing that as a, as a big part of the, uh, the, the second half struggles in that loss up there. But, you know, I mean, I, I did not expect them to run nearly that well, as well as they did against Clemson. I mean, it was some really, I mean, Mike Norvell and, and his staff have done a really good job throughout their tenure of scheming up good run plays. But it was also, I mean, there was some really impressive blocks, and I would say at, at times a physical domination of a really good Clemson defensive line. I think they knew coming into the year, I think, running that running the ball was going to be the identity of the team. It's interesting to think about. I mean, I think we all think the receivers have overachieved what we thought they would be. It, it almost, I'm sure, is tempting at times to fall in love with that because of a guy like a Johnny Wilson, because of a guy like a Micah Pittman, because of a guy like a Pokey, like a Malik McLean, like a Ja'Kai Douglas, who's who's back now. It's interesting, yeah, that I think you wonder if he's had to kind of fight the urge to go to that more as that group has overachieved. But no, I, I agree with you. I think this team has been at its best when it's been running the ball. Directly related, Alex Atkins, and I want your thoughts on whether you think he's a legitimate candidate to, to be the, to move on to Charlotte. Would he take that job? But but rolled into it, when you look at Norvell, I mean, it, one of his guys has done a nice job at Oregon this year, and one of his guys that's also at Oregon is now uh, all of a sudden they're saying Arizona State for Kenny Dillingham, and here's Alex Atkins, and Charlotte is out there. That bodes well for for, for Norvell, but, uh, or speaks well of him, but uh, I'm just wondering, do you, think, do you think Alex Atkins is in play? Do you think he's, if that offer came, is he at the point where he would take that job? Or is he able to be more selective or maybe doesn't ultimately want to be a head coach? We just make that assumption. He's making a pretty good living doing what he's doing. I think he does want to be a head coach. That much I can say. It's a matter, I would say, of, of when and for the, uh, for the right job. It's there. I mean, I think Bruce Feldman knows a lot about these. He talks to a lot of people in those circles. The fact that Alex Atkins was kind of the cover photo on his story for candidates for the Charlotte job to me says that I think he could be a legitimate candidate. I think there are some, some good legitimate candidates on that list. We'll see if it gets to him, but I think it's a situation where the ball could be in his court. Now, if I'm him, do I, do I kind of cast the chips in and make my first head coaching job that job? I mean, it's in a good place, could be a good recruiting area, but it's not, it's a relatively new program, not historically great. You'd kind of have to be, I mean, obviously 
it'd be so I almost wonder, I mean, without having had a ton of conversations yet, because probably not something that will really come up till we get to the end of the season, but I, I almost wonder if he doesn't hold out because I think truthfully, if if they keep building, if if the offensive line I think takes the step forward next year, we think it could and impresses even better, and and he he the offense maybe even looks any better. Well, it's possible he'd be in the in the in the in the running for bigger jobs. Kurt, any movement forward in the kicking game, specifically place kicker? I mean, was this a good time for for FSU to refocus on on field goals? He's he's been good in practice, honestly. So. The leading up to the Louisville game, he had a very bad week of practice where I'm not sure he made one kick. He may have made like one out of six of the practices we saw. And ever since he's been good in practice, that has not been the issue. I guess it's been it translating to the game. He had a good day of practice today. I think, I mean, we like FSU's chances in all these games, but I think it's entirely possible one of them is a uh, a situation where it comes down to a kick. And I wonder if, I mean, after the NC state game, he didn't get that opportunity. I wonder if he does, and it would be a great storyline if he gets to kind of redeem himself after those early season struggles and trying out the new kicking stance that didn't work and now kind of returning to what he had. There'd be some irony if that chance came in the Miami game next week, given the history of kicking. Oh, you had to go there, didn't you? Had to go there. I'm trying to will it to a good conclusion, Keith, instead of what we've seen historically. Anyway, Kurt, we appreciate it. We'll catch you at uh, Doak uh, this weekend. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Kurt Weiler from the Osceola and more Front Row Knowles right after this. Loading the kids in the car. Brokering peace in the back seat, Mastering the snack handoff without even looking. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like figuring out what's growing in that cup holder. That's simple human sense. Ask the Earl Bacon Agency in Tallahassee if auto owners is right for you or visit us online at earlbacon.com. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck when a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles, we are going to keep that uh, Earl Bacon Agency hotline open or reopen it and say hello to an old friend of the program, and a familiar voice to sports fans in uh, Tallahassee, uh, Ron Vetrano joins us. Ron, how are you, sir? Awesome. It's that time of year. Football, football, football. So, Ron, for uh, full disclosure here, Keith and I first met Ron. He relocated from from Buffalo. The, the lone knock on his resume is he's a Bills <laughs> fan. But uh, besides that, he's an all-in-all good guy. But he moved down here when we were doing uh, work for Sunshine Network, later Sun Sports. I actually don't remember when we transitioned the titles. But it was for Nextel Florida Sports News. And uh, subsequently, Ron has been in the local radio market and done sports radio and uh, continues to work for 
ABC, ESPN, and probably anybody who will give you a paycheck in the sports <laughs> freelance world. Is that accurate, Ron? That is true, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wrote down this title because I wanted to impress our listeners. So let me let me look at this here if I can. Well, <laughs> somewhere I wrote it down. I mean, it, it's not the uh, it's not the title that you probably want to put on the business card, but it sounds incredibly impressive if I could just get to my damn notes to see it. And right now I'll say it for you. Oh, hold on. It's a graphics interface coordinator. That's what right. You say coordinator. That, what is Essent- that? Essentially put is uh, I'm in charge of making all the stats are right. And I feed all the graphics you see on the screen with all the correct information. So as I always put it, if something's wrong on the screen, I screwed it up. So he, you're an associate producer with ESPN and ABC on college football, NFL, and all kinds of sports. Lives in production trucks, folks, and uh, knows what's going on. Keith, jump in. I was just going to say, I, I just referred to him as the bug man because <laughs> that's how it all started. He was in charge of the bug and then got real good at it and got in charge of everything else. That's right. And the bug is, for people that don't know, it's the, the little graphic with the score and the clock and the down and distance that you fly on and off. It got named the bug because it looked like a bug when you flew it on and off the screen. So that's how it got its name. So this may predate the bug, but there used to be something called a meatball, right? Yeah, a meatball. That that was a little round graphic, yes. Yes. Well, what confused me is I had this is a true story, and he doesn't listen to this show, so I can share it, Ron. (laughs) I thought they were referring to Dan Deerdorf when he used to be a broadcaster, (laughs) and they kept saying something about the meatball. I was like, what is the meatball? He was a meatball, but you know, that's not where it came from. All right, Ron, uh, we are going to talk. I I teased at the top of the show. There is a uh, local soccer connection. We're going to get to that in a moment, but as long as we uh, illuminated our listeners here, uh, maybe that's not right. The right word, since this is an audio medium medium and not a visual medium. Uh, As long as we've enlightened. No, that's another bad word. Keith, help me out here with the verbiage. As long as we've talked about Ron, let's tell him what else he does. Yeah. So anyway, you live in TV trucks. You go to cool games. It's it's a good job. You were at Clemson Syracuse last week. You've done Clemson three times this year. Uh, is is Clemson actually legit? They're beating everybody by six points. Everybody says they're not as good. Syracuse almost had them. What do you think? Uh, I, I think I got to tend to side with you, Tom. And here's the reason why. Um, now, when you look at strength of schedule of the unbeaten teams in college football, I think they're they have the third toughest. But here's the thing. They're unsettled at quarterbacks at the quarterback situation. They got some playmakers. We know their lines are strong. We know they can play a physical game. Everybody saw them, but DJ at quarterback, and I don't even try Uangale or whatever you pronounce it. I get it wrong every time. Just isn't the answer. And last week, Cade Klubnik had to come into the game because DJ was doing everything in his power to lose that game for Clemson. And you could see it was worrisome on Dabo Sweeney's face. He brought Klubnik in. He only threw three passes. The biggest pass was one that didn't even go on the stat sheet, which was a two-point conversion from the eight-yard line that he had to convert to go take the lead. And uh, they eventually went on to win. But when you look at these top teams right now, they're pretty much settled on offense. Clemson isn't. And I think if you have to figure it out at this time of year, now we know Dabo says he's going with DJ, but if you have to figure it out, uh, you're in trouble. I think the offense is going to let them down, not once, but maybe twice before the end of this year. Now, one last quick thing, just because I want to brag on you, just kind of enlighten people where you'll be this weekend in this wonderful thing of staying in television production trucks. 
So, you know, I, our, my crew, my TV crew is technically the number two ESPN NFL crew. So we're going across the pond and we're going to do the Denver Jacksonville game at Wembley Stadium in London this weekend. And if I'm going there, do I really have to do the Jaguars and the Broncos? What I drew the short straw <laughs> on primetime games this year. That's for sure. Ron, this is like media complaining about a free press box meal. I don't care if it's a bad football game. You're going to London to sit in a truck and put graphics up about sports. All right, bud. I got no, I got no empathy for you on that one. No, I know I I can complain all I want, but yes, I'm excited about going. All right, let's, let's transition this real quick. And and folks, we appreciate you listening to front row Knowles. This next part doesn't necessarily deal with Florida state uh, directly. Although Ron has been heavily involved with Florida state over the years, living in in Tallahassee and working in sports media. But uh, for those of you who are soccer uh, fans are part of the soccer community, really, in Tallahassee. You would be familiar with this story. But uh, Ron Vetrano uh, lost his son tragically in an accident last fall, and we're coming up on a year anniversary. It was November 13th when Giovanni uh, passed away. And uh, there is a big fundraising soccer tournament set, not this weekend, next weekend at the high school level, involves all the top schools in high school. Uh, it's called the the Geo Cup, and it'll benefit the Giovanni Vetrano Memorial Scholarship. So, I'll stop there, Ron, and let you uh, explain a little bit more about about the Geo Cup. Hey, he was a soccer player, loved soccer. The night before he passed, he was sitting on the Leon High School bench at their soccer match, rooting on the team, and he just loved it. He was a keeper. So when all this happened, it was amazing to see the rally of Tallahassee. I used to joke all the time, guys, that I'd say I moved here in 2000. I thought I'd be here for a year, but guess what? I'm still stuck in Tallahassee. I I will never say that again. I'm blessed to be in Tallahassee because uh, the community rallied, supported, and it was because of Tallahassee and all the support that we started the foundation. And our first year, we gave away $7,000 in scholarships to local soccer athletes. Um, Alejandro Alonzo from Gadsden County won that scholarship first generation college student going to Florida State, only the second in his family ever to graduate from high school. But it led to me saying, let's do something else fun. Well, soccer. So we got McClay, Leon, Charles, and Lincoln to compete for the Geo Cup next Saturday, a prequel to the start of the season, an FHSAA sanctioned event. And it's followed by a battle of the bands. And that's probably the most exciting part to all the kids outside of the soccer. But we wanted to create something that was for the young kids of Tallahassee, something they can go to root on, see bands, and become a part of this foundation and help give more money to these kids. Because of the the great start we've had, the scholarships have gone up to $10,000 this year. We're going to unveil all those plans at the Geo Cup on November 5th. Where is it going to be held? How do people attend? How do they support it, Ronnie? Awesome. Uh, you go to GV Scholarship, gvscholarship.org. Everything's there to buy tickets, to buy T-shirts, whatever you want to do. Become a member. Um, check out all the winners. Check out all the news stories that have been done. You can get a whole background on everybody that's been involved. Uh, it takes place not this Saturday, but next Saturday, Uh Games are at 1, 3, and 5, followed by the concert at Leon High School. Um, So we're going to have the stage set up. We're going to have the soccer. Three great local bands playing Falls Chase, Local Forecast, which is comprised of Leon High School graduates. And then the Fetish is the last band 
comprised right now of high school students from several different high schools in the area, Childs, Lincoln, Godby. And they've only been together four months, but they're already packing local clubs and stuff like that, even though they're in high school. So um, we're going to have great soccer, the top four programs. We're going to have three great bands, all that the kids will like. And we want the kids to just come out and have fun. So it's one o'clock, one o'clock, Charles McClay, kick it off. Three o'clock, Lincoln Leon. Five o'clock is the championship game to win the cup. This big six foot trophy I bought that's gaudy, but will be displayed at the winning team school for the entire year until we hold it again next year. So they're playing for the cup and then we're going to listen to some music. And you're going to be on the new turf, although it's not so new, but I happened to be at Leon a couple of weeks ago and was down on the turf. That's a good playing surface. It, very good playing surface. Brand new. All these schools are getting these nice. Why could they didn't have those when we were kids, right? I don't know. I don't know. I think we couldn't afford the shoes to play a put on them if we had to. Yeah, but I don't think we want those turf burns, right? We, we played on real grass. Yeah, well, sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time it was dirt. But it, you can go to gvscholarship.org, get all the information. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's going to be for the young generation. I know a lot of parents and soccer people from the community are going to come out, but it should be a good time. Well, and Ron, I'm uh, now a small part of that soccer community because my son plays travel ball here in town as my dog starts to bark right on cue. And, uh, uh, you know, so we're starting to get plugged in there and and I will certainly help spread the word there. Uh, you know, you mentioned that you're going to do this again next year. I imagine that your ambitions are to continue and grow and build on this and uh, really try to raise as much money as possible so that you can uh, raise the amount of scholarships and, and maybe the number of students who receive scholarships on an annual basis. We gave away three this past year to three different soccer players. You know, Alejandro won the $5,000, uh, you know, first place scholarship, followed by two other great athletes, um, Ethan Stewart and Maddie Kopka. Uh, we want to expand it to $10,000, which will unveil to everybody this year or on next Saturday. Um, but we want to create another scholarship that isn't soccer related, that's sports related to high school students in the Tallahassee area. That's the goal. Pack them in, raise more money, create another scholarship and give these kids a chance that need it when they go to college. Ronnie, how's the Vetrano family? How's, how's the daughter and the son-in-law and and uh, what's going on on that big side of the family? Uh, Every, that everybody's that Italian heritage. You know it. We're well, I, I have to make more pasta on Sundays now because I became a grandfather about a month ago. So congratulations. That's all, thank you. That's exciting. Um, but you know what? It's funny. I'm not from Tallahassee and I didn't go to Florida State. As Tom mentioned earlier, I moved here. So I don't have much family in the area. I'll tell you what, outside of my immediate family, uh, you, Tom, and the rest of the community have become the family. It's it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful. Uh, time in my 23 years in Tallahassee and uh, I didn't realize that till all this happened so um, hats off to our community because they're the ones that are giving these kids an opportunity and creating the money that goes into these scholarships fellas you can say what you want I realize I got started with kids a little later in life but at this moment I'm the only one of the three of us uh, that's not a grandfather as we do this version <laughs> of front row Knowles okay <laughs> that's so funny but you know what? You mentioned your son, Nolan, Tom. Now I see he's a keeper. I follow all his uh, stuff because, you know, your, your wife does a wonderful job of posting stuff on Facebook. She's Guess the director what? of Facebook in the family. Yes, no question. She is. He keeps it up. 
guess what? He's going to be in line for that scholarship down the road. We'll see if he, uh, uh, you know, he loves it right now. And I know you can relate. You spent uh, too much time to count. I'm sure sitting at soccer matches, watching geo play. And uh, now I'm doing that as plenty of our listeners have done for their kids. Uh, and it's fun as you're involved along the way. So uh, kudos to you for, for creating uh, this scholarship and doing what you, what you can to have uh geo's legacy live on. And again, uh, for, for listeners to the show, if you want to support or learn more gbcscholarship.org, you can make a gift, you can get a shirt, you can buy tickets, go to the geo cup, listen to the bands. Uh, again, it's next Saturday, November 5th. I do want to give credit where credit is due, Ron, just to switch back to how we first met. Uh, we used to do this Nextel Florida sports news show. <laughs> That really sounds old when I drop Nextel as the sponsor in front of that, right, Ron? I mean, this is a ways back. It is. But so we would come on and we would follow uh, the sports that aired live on Sun Sports and Sunshine Network, which included the magic and the heat and everything that the the network had the rights to. But it also included the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. (laughs) Uh, And as, as somebody that's a native Floridian who grew up in Fort Lauderdale before the Panthers existed and never really became a hockey guy, I just would like to say thank you because you were the guy who helped with the phonetics for three years of doing that show (laughs) as we would show the highlights of the lightning and whoever they played and whatever other hockey game mattered that night. And honestly, to this day, Ron, I have no idea if you gave me the right phonetic pronunciations or just a phonetic pronunciation, but I went with it. So thank you. It it depended on what mood I was in after we had our pre-show meeting. You know, when you gave me grief, sometimes you got the names wrong a little bit, right? But I'll never forget, great story. One of our first games we did on that show, we had a rookie graphics operator, and we go to show the lightning, and we show the first period highlights, and we go to go to that graphic that shows you the score and who scored. And it said first tip instead of first period on the graphic. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a long, long time down here in Florida. Um, But we got through all that just fine. And, you know, you talk about that crew. Remember, Aaron Andrews, first ever live shot came via Nextel Florida Sports News as a sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sure somewhere right now she is sharing that story as well with whoever she's speaking to, Ron. Yes. Well, yeah. well, guys, just remember one thing. Ronnie also was was smart enough to have the Jones rule. And if you recall, the very few times that I filled in with either Tom or Barry weren't available, I never did the hockey highlights because the country boy from Wildwood could not pronounce any of those names with any help. But, Keith, you said up front, you said, please don't give me hockey highlights. We knew when you came in, we were sticking to football and basketball and all the other good stuff. Yeah, we didn't have a rink in Wildwood. I'm sorry. No, that was good times. Those were good times, and there's a lot more stories we could share, especially that involve Barry Milligan, but we're not going to do it in this form right here. We'll catch up for an adult (laughs) beverage at some point, Ron, and we will uh, relive those stories. Hey, uh, I'm glad you're doing well. Safe travels across the pond. Bring your resume. You might want to, you know, you might be the prime minister before you return the way they're turning them over over there, by the way, Ronnie. And uh, we'll catch up again soon. I'm staying next to Buckingham Palace. I will submit my resume. We'll see what happens, guys. But thank you for having me. And one more time, I'm going to do this. They all do it on TV, gvscholarship.org. Excellent, gvscholarship.org. Congratulations on getting that started, Ron. And uh, hopefully great things next weekend out at Leon High School. Thank you, guys. Love you. Likewise, Ron Vetrano. Uh, honestly, well, I would—I was about to say the only Bills fan I know, but I guess Rob Nicotola is in that bucket too, uh, in this town. And, 
Hey, hey, before you cut me off, Rob was my intern at WIVB, the CBS affiliate in Buffalo, back in 1996. That'll tell you how old he is. We won't mention how old I am, but he was well, my weather intern. And, and just like Aaron Andrews is not discussing that her first ever live shot was on Nextel Florida Sports News, Rob is not pointing out that he's your former intern, Ron. Take that for what it's worth. You know it, baby. Fall is in the air. Football season's here, and your best deals are still at Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Whether you're tailgating at the game or taking a trip, we got what you need. With new vehicles rolling in daily and the best used car inventory in North Florida and South Georgia, it's a great time to buy. Looking for a truck? How about the RST or the Trailblazer, LTZ, High Country, or the ZR2? We've always got the right truck for you. So whether it's sales or service, come by and see us or check us out at HobsonChevrolet.com. Buy and service your Chevrolet the Hobson way. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask the Earl Bacon Agency in Tallahassee if auto owners is right for you, or visit us online at earlbacon.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row, Front Row Knowles, just a couple minutes to finish up uh, uh, to our listeners and uh, fans. We appreciate you letting us uh, have that conversation with Ron. I know it's a little different than what we normally do, but uh, it really was a, a tragic event. His son was either 19 or 20 when he passed. He was recently out of Leon High School, was a keeper for the Leon team. Wanted to share that. We'll mention it one more time and turn the page. Uh, but gvscholarship.org uh, if you want to support the cause. And the Geo Cup is uh, next Saturday, November 5th. Uh, Rom was a good guy. Those were those were good times. Uh, some good people we worked with back there in the day, Keith. Certainly, certainly, and I think our listeners get a, just a little bit of a feel for who Ron is as a person. Because despite the tragedy and the heartache that he's gone through, uh, still upbeat, still positive, uh, still very, very vocal. Uh, a great guy to be around. Uh, someone you just you just want to to wish well, and he'll continue to do well. So very, very excited about. Even though you know. Our listeners well know I'm not a soccer guy, but uh, great cause. It'll be a great event on Saturday the 5th. I hope everyone will get out and support it. Ron actually shared on social media, and I forget what the segment's called, but he's on Todd Blackledge's college football crew. And uh, and Todd always goes, I don't know if he calls it Taste of the Town, but he always goes to a restaurant, and they drop the video into the broadcast, and he talks about the barbecue or whatever it was. Well, if you look at the one from last week, the Clemson-Syracuse game, uh, find it on uh, a YouTube or wherever. He's actually wearing a Geo Cup T-shirt. So Todd Blackledge was supporting the effort last week and uh, and put that out to the college football landscape, which was which was pretty cool to see. All right, Keith, uh, Georgia Tech this weekend, bringing it back to FSU as we wrap things up. What do you expect? Uh, heavy dose of running. Hopefully, you get uh, Fabian back for a few snaps, verse a little bit farther along. And you set the tone for the next five weeks, uh, four weeks in a day, if you will, if you're talking about the actual day of the game. Uh, Got to get things from a mental standpoint back um, to where they need to be. Not that that was a problem effort and, and those types of things weren't. 
but you will get down after losing three in a row. You need to get back on the positive side. You need to get a win. You need to get a big win. Doak needs to be rocking. Um, it, it just needs to kick off this last third of the season as Coach Norvell talks about it. I'm excited about it. I, I think we're going to see some renewed energy, focus, uh, hopefully precision again, maybe get some of the some of the uh, the nicked up will not be quite as nicked because they'll be a little bit more healed and some of the injured hopefully will return as well. So uh, the only thing I would like to trade is I would like to propose to the commissioner that we swap this week's 12 noon game for next week's 730 kickoff in Miami, just for the sake of a good night's sleep for yours truly. I'm not sure if there's a bat phone I can call Commissioner Phillips on to make that happen, but that that will be my one request, Keith. Good luck with that, Tom. Okay, yeah, thank you. All right, uh, you sound optimistic, and it won't happen. We'll do this again next week, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles.